The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. It's Christmas Eve, and you've just set out a pint of Guinness for Santa alongside a mince pie. Tomorrow you will have a feast surrounded by friends and family. Along with this meal, this cold dish starts its journey during medieval times, but it doesn't become popular until a few centuries later. Covered in a rich blend of spices, it's been called many different things over the ages grab a nice thick slice of bread, some grainy mustard, and join me as we explore the history and origins of Ireland's spiced beef. I'm your host, Glenn Warren, and welcome to another serving of Season's Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcast. So please take a moment and subscribe so we can have other listeners join us at the Christmas table. If you have a quick minute, please leave a review for the podcast. It lets me know how I'm doing as well as helps others find the podcast. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eatings sticker as a personal thank you. Seasons Eatings can also be found on all the socials. All these links can be found on our website, seasonseatingspodcast.com. And while you're at the site, if you're feeling extra generous this holiday, you can buy me an eggnog. Every donation goes towards the running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. And finally, you can let me know how I'm doing, leave a suggestion for future episodes, or just say hello at Seasons Eatings Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the holidays in Ireland, you'll probably see familiar Christmas fare. There'll be mince pies, plum pudding, turkey and stuffing, and yes, even some potatoes. Most of these holiday foods I've explored in past episodes of the show, but there's one Christmas treat that's specifically Irish, spiced beef. The history of Irish spiced beef is a long and fascinating one, dating back to medieval times. Back then, spices were highly prized, and only the wealthiest people could afford to import them from exotic lands like the East Indies. 
Spices were not used only for their flavor, but also for their medicinal properties. During the medieval period, beef was also not as commonly consumed as it is today, and it was considered a luxury food. The wealthy would often feast on beef during special occasions like Christmas, and it was often heavily seasoned with spices to make it even more delicious. The diet for people outside of the courts of kings and queens usually consisted of grains, beans, and vegetables. Protein sources would be eggs and occasional chicken, and sometimes occasional cheese. Tradition of spicing beef during the holidays continued in Ireland, and by the 16th century, spiced beef had become a staple of the Christmas feast. It was typically served alongside other traditional holiday dishes like ham, turkey, and Christmas pudding. And during the 17th and 18th centuries, spiced beef became increasingly popular in Ireland. It was commonly served in taverns and pubs throughout the country. Many of these establishments would make their own spiced beef, using a blend of spices and herbs that were unique to their recipe. British cookery writer Elizabeth David notes that spiced beef has been a familiar dish in English cookery for at least 300 years, sometimes under the name of hunting beef or beef a la carte. Writing at some point in the 1960s, David claims with typical self-promotion to have rescued the dish from neglect by publishing her recipe in British Vogue during 1958. The master butcher at Harrods read the article and decided to pickle beef silverside, basically the bottom round, for customers to cook at home during the Christmas season. It would have remained unknown, however, to all but the very few Harrod customers, with the inside information that enabled them to order it, a minuscule proportion of the British population. A recipe for spiced beef is given in John Simpson's A Complete System of Cookery from 1806, under the title Boeuf de Chasse. Rub two ounces of pounded saltpeter well into a round of beef. Put the beef into a large pan or wooden bowl that will just hold it. Let it lie for two days, then take two pounds of salt, very hot, and rub it on the beef. Put about four ounces of coarse, moist sugar to the salt. When done, put the beef back into the pan or bowl, turn it every third day, and rub the brine over it every time it's turned. It should remain in salt three weeks. Then, skewer it up very tight and bind it with a broad fillet. Either bake it or braise it in a braising pan that will just hold it. Put water sufficient to cover it and about two dozen onions and six heads of celery a large faggot of thyme, parsley, and other sweet herbs, and about three pound of beef suet cut fine. Put over the fire to boil very slow for eight hours. Put a heavy weight on the lid of the braising pan, otherwise the beef would raise the cover off it when it begins to swell. It will take equal time in the oven. Let it remain in the liquor until quite cold, then take it out and trim it for the table. Simpson notes that spiced beef is more of a Christmas dish than any other time of the year. While this recipe is from the 1800s, about 500 years ago, some clever cook noted that the effectiveness of salt in preserving meat depended on its source. Furthermore, salt that worked particularly well also improved the meat's flavor and color. The secret turned out to be an impurity, potassium nitrate, more familiar to us as saltpeter.
One of the most deadly substances known to mankind is produced by Clostridium botulinum bacteria, several million times more toxic than cobra venom. Botulin poisons its victims by blocking the action of the neurotransmitter acetylcholine. Symptoms can range from double vision and difficulty in swallowing to paralysis and death. The spores of this organism lurk in many foods and under the right conditions become active and liberate their toxin. Sausages are the classic example of the type of food that can be affected and the word botulism in fact it derives from the Latin botolis meaning sausage. The use of salt to preserve meats has been around for centuries. Luckily botulism can be prevented by the appropriate use of sodium nitrite a discovery that actually came about in accidental fashion. The salting of meat is an ancient method of preservation based on the availability of sodium chloride to kill bacteria by drying out much of the water content. One of the main ingredients, as you've heard, in making spiced beef is saltpeter. Saltpeter is also known as potassium nitrate. Potassium nitrate has been a common ingredient in salted meat since the Middle Ages. The widespread adoption of nitrate use is more recent and is linked to the development of large-scale meat processing. The use of potassium nitrate has been mostly discontinued because of slow and inconsistent results compared to sodium nitrate compounds such as Prague powder or pink curing salt. Even so, potassium nitrate is still used in some food applications such as salami or dried cured ham and in the brine used to make spiced beef. Apart from food preparation, saltpeter is also used in fertilizers, tree stump removal, rocket propellants, and more disturbingly, gunpowder. Because of this, saltpeter was unavailable to the general public for a long time in Northern Ireland. During the Troubles, as they were euphemistically called, saltpeter was considered a controlled substance. This radically cut down on the production of spiced beef because one of the main ingredients was practically impossible to get. But the tradition of spiced beef was not completely lost. In the mid-20th century, a few enterprising Irish butchers began to revive the tradition of spiced beef, and it began to gain popularity. Today, spiced beef is once again the beloved part of the Irish Christmas feast and many families and restaurants have their own special recipe. We'll find out the difference between spice beef and another cured meat after the break. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. 
Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. If you're like me, you have fond memories of Christmases past. When you settled in with your family to watch cherished Christmas classics like Rudolph, Frosty, or maybe you remember trekking to the theater to see big holiday releases like A Christmas Story, Home Alone, and my personal favorite, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I hope you'll rediscover a piece of that innocence while shopping at retrofestive.ca. While you're here, why not pick up some gifts for your loved ones? We're always posting new items, so be sure to check back often. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. From leg lamps to moose mugs, puzzles and pop culture, Retro Festive is your one-stop online shop for all your holiday gifts. Visit retrofestive.ca and be like Uncle Eddie and get something for you. Something really nice. Don't you wish the holidays would last the entire year? Well, now it can. Head on over to MyMerryChristmas.com where you can enjoy the holidays all year long. You can chat with other Christmas enthusiasts on any topic you can think of. Movies, books, cooking, decorating, anything. If it's about Christmas, it's here. Joining My Merry Christmas is completely free. But if you become a premier member, you can enjoy extra bonuses such as a yearly Christmas card exchange and Kringle Radio, Santa's exclusive Christmas radio station. For only $19.95, you can become a premier member of MyMerryChristmas.com for a full year. So head on over to MyMerryChristmas.com and start enjoying Christmas all year long. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Now, you may be thinking that spiced beef and corned beef are the same. Well, they're almost the same, but have slight variations. Corned beef is a traditional cured meat product common in Ireland, but also popular in Western Europe, America, and the United Kingdom. The term corned comes from the usage of large-grained rock salt, as it looks like a wheat kernel corn known as a corn of salt. In the 12th century, corned beef was a delicacy given to the Irish king. Corned beef is first mentioned in the old Irish Gaelic poem, The Vision of MacLonglana, in the 12th century, which describes corned beef as a delicacy given to a king. In the 19th century, corned beef was a festive dish in Ireland, served with cabbage and potatoes at Christmas, Halloween, wakes, and on St. Patrick's Day. This tradition was transferred all over the world, especially to North America, by the emigrants of the 18th and 19th centuries. 
Irish-produced corned beef was a staple of the British Navy, where it was produced from the 17th to the 19th centuries and was shipped to the colonies. There's evidence of a strong trade in Irish corned beef as a staple for African slaves in the French West Indies and other French colonies. In modern times, corned beef is widely available either as a full piece of beef or canned, though the recipes and consequently the flavor differs. Besides a beef content of 50 to 95%, corned beef further contains sodium chloride and nitrite. Depending on the type of corned beef being produced, it can also contain additional ingredients such as starches, flours, stabilizers, antioxidants, dextrose, and other spices. Corned beef in its canned form was an important food source during World War II. One of the most famous purveyors of spiced beef in Ireland is the English market in Cork City. The market has been in operation since 1788 and is home to several butchers and food stalls, many of which sell spiced beef during the holiday season. The English market spiced beef is made using a secret recipe that has passed down through generations of butchers. Spiced beef, on the other hand, is made more traditionally and recipes have been passed down within families generation after generation. This tradition of production has continued to this day and is produced and sold in the English market in Cork City from lean silverside beef or last lean brisket by the O'Conlon family of butchers. Spiced beef is another famous Cork variant of corned beef which is produced similarly but with the inclusion of spices such as pimento, cinnamon, ground cloves, ginger, and black pepper in the curing brine. Beef eye of round or brisket is allowed to soak in this special brine for a month or two. It's a very popular traditional product served again during the Christmas period. Durkin's Butcher, again located in the English market in Cork City, is a famous producer of this traditional cork beef product. The beef is usually cured for several days in the spice blend, which helps it to infuse it with flavor and tenderize the meat. After the curing process is complete, the beef is typically boiled or simmered until it's fully cooked. Then it's sliced thinly and served either hot or cold. But it's not just the English market that it's famous for its spiced beef. Many restaurants and cafes throughout Ireland also serve this delicious holiday dish, and some even offer it year-round. In recent years, spiced beef has become increasingly popular in other parts of the world as well, with Irish expats and food lovers introducing the dish to new audiences. Suitable cuts of beef for spicing include brisket, chuck, top round, sirloin, and shin. The cure that people use varies by temperament and region, but the common denominator is the pairing of sugar and salt. Some cures add molasses or vinegar or both. Juniper appears in spiced beef but for some, but not most parts of England. Black pepper goes into the cure a lot of the time, so does allspice in varying proportion. Henry Sarson added cloves, green herbs, and uniquely, rum in 1940. Old school cooks cook the cured meat under a blanket of fat to keep it moist. Vincent Price, actor, art collector, philanthropist, and devoted cook, also carried the torch for spiced beef. 
Coming to the Kitchen, one of the cookbooks he wrote with his wife Mary, appeared in 1969. The inclusion of spiced beef in this American publication is very nearly astounding. Elizabeth David notes that traditionally the cured beef was braised in a slow oven under cover of suet and sealed with an edible paste to keep it from drying. But, writing somewhere before 1970, she omits those steps and substitutes a seal of kitchen paper under a heavy lid. Price, however, is one of those cooks steadfastly of the old school. According to his recipe, in a large covered baking dish, place the suet with the meat on top of it. Pour on the water a scant cup. Seal the casserole with a strip of dough. His recipe reflects rigorous scholarship. Other American cookbooks from the 60s do not include recipes for spiced beef, let alone authentic ones. So, what was Price's source? Coming to the Kitchen was chronicling American foodways, so the original imprint ought to have been American. It probably was. His recipe has another earmark of authenticity that initially appeared to be an oversight. British spiced beef recipes usually include juniper, but Price omits it from his cure. David observes that cooks outside of areas where the bushes grew wild, including Cumberland, Sussex, Wales, and Yorkshire, also traditionally omitted juniper under, until her revival of the recipe. The presence of juniper berries among the pickling spices makes the recipe somewhat unusual, she says. If the attributes of Price's recipe point to authenticity, they and he do not reveal its source. Neither the notations made between 1749 and 1799 that Karen Hess assembled as Martha Washington's Book of Cookery, nor Amelia Simmons' American Cookery from 1976, widely, if perhaps wrongly, considered the first American cookbook, includes a recipe for spiced beef. No such instructions appear in The Carolina Housewife by Sarah Rutledge of 1847, nor any other American cookbook. So, why has spiced beef remained such a beloved part of the Christmas Irish feast? For many, it's a nostalgic dish that brings back fond memories of child holidays spent with family and loved ones. For others, it's a way to connect with their Irish heritage and traditions. Whatever the reason, spiced beef has endured for centuries and shows no signs of losing its place on Irish tables during the holidays. Interestingly, the popularity of spiced beef has also led to some regional variations of the recipe. For example, in some parts of Ireland, the beef may be cured with a mixture of whiskey and spices, while in others it may be marinated in a blend of red wine and herbs. These variations add to the unique flavor and character of spiced beef. And it's always fun to try different recipes and see which one you like best. In addition to being delicious, spiced beef has also some nutritional benefits. Beef is a good source of protein, and it also contains minerals and vitamins like iron and zinc. But of course, like any cured meat or processed meat, it should be consumed in moderation as part of a balanced diet. Overall, the history of Irish spiced beef during Christmas is a fascinating one, steeped in tradition and culinary innovation. 
from its humble beginnings as a luxury dish for the wealthy to its modern-day status as a beloved holiday staple, spiced beef has endured the test of time and continues to delight taste buds around the world. So if you're trying to add a bit of Irish flavor to your holiday table this year, why not give spiced beef a try? Enjoy it with some grainy mustard, a nice piece of sharp Irish cheddar, or maybe a nice chutney. Whether you make it yourself or order it from a local butcher, it'll sure be a hit with friends and family alike. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And please, if you can leave a review about the show so you can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how you like the show, suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. And I know we all get busy, so even sharing the podcast with someone you know who loves Christmas would be a big help. And if you're feeling extra generous this holiday season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Seasons Eatings also has great items for you or your loved ones for the holiday season. So head on over to SeasonsEatings.com, click on the Merchandise tab, and find your next great gift. I'm your host, Glenn Warren. Thank you for listening, and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is also part of the Christmas Podcast Network. Whatever interest you have with the holidays, there's probably a podcast out there covering that topic. You can find Seasons Eatings with all the other podcasts at christmaspodcasts.com. Drop on by to find your next podcast addiction. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.